This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Welcome to Acting Up with Allie Goodman, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. This week, we have the coolest guest in the world, Tanya from Tanya's Take. She does her own podcast, and Tanya is seriously one of the coolest humans I know. Not only is she funny and talented, and she's an actress, she's a writer, she has so many amazing talents, but she also some of her work that she does is for equity, diversity, and inclusion, which she will talk about a little bit on this episode. I I cannot say enough amazing things about Tanya. She We met, we actually didn't even talk about this, but we met because we were both going to an audition and she was bringing her child and had no one to watch her child while she went in for this five-minute audition that it always takes five minutes and it's just it costs so much money to get child care there's a whole other story that we will talk about i'm sure on many other episodes about how hard it is to be a mom in this business when you literally walk in for five seconds to do an audition and then you walk out and you've now paid a babysitter upwards of fifty dollars for five minutes so much of uh, our conversation, I had expected us to talk about how we met and our whole story of being moms in this business. And actually, the story that we spoke about, the stories that we talked about really were focused on race and equity and inclusion and diversity and being a white family and how we've dealt with Jackson, for example, interacting with a black man and how that experience went for him and we get through that in this first episode I've had to split this episode into two parts because we went we ran the gamut and there was so much to talk about and Tanya is so full of information and she's so generous with her her kindness and her openness and her willingness to laugh at even what feels like the most horrifying and embarrassing moments she's just so there so she'll talk a little bit more about her accomplishments but before we even go anywhere I highly recommend that you go find Tanya's take t-a-n-i-a apostrophe s take Tanya's take podcast she's so brilliant in the way that she talks about race and how we can help and how we can do our part so I'm talking to all my white friends specifically right now because we're the ones that need to do the work. But honestly, this these episodes, these next two episodes, I cannot stress how excited I am to have had Tanya on. And we're going to bring her back because we literally did not get to talk about half the things that I had on my list to talk about. So I, I really hope you appreciate the treat that that is Tanya. And there's just so much to learn from her. So here we go. Episode 27. Thanks for listening, friends. So welcome, Tanya. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like this has been in the like running for such a long time. I know. We've been talking about doing this for well. We talk about this, and then we talk about just getting together. Well, and our best laid plans. (laughs) Seriously, I mean, it's like we never (laughs) our lives. But I mean, you did. You came all the way up to visit me when I had Jordan with your baby. With your baby. baby. Oh my gosh. That's so good. good. I love it so much. That was a moment. I remember just like holding him and like 
all of my energy just like settling. Oh. It's medicinal. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. Well, you with that post that you put up about the baby on the train. Oh my god! That you told me I was like, yes. it becomes like it is a thing where I have to restrain myself <laughs> so that people don't get afraid. Right. But if they only knew, I remember a while back I put a post up saying like, I wish I could have a pin that just said like, hashtag baby whisperer, and somehow that legitimized perfect strangers handing me their children. But so far, it has not worked. It has not worked. (laughs) But you should do it. I think you should do it anyway. I know. You know, it's sort of like a society of people people who could just wear these pins. Yeah, I'm here for you. And like, we can get vetted, you know what I mean? Right, I think that's a good idea. I have time to figure that out, I think. Absolutely, plenty of time. Speaking of all the time that you have in the world, tell me, first of all, tell me a little, tell us all a little bit about you and where you are here and then like your journey to where you have now emerged into wonderfulness. Yeah, well, you know, I guess in a way I have finally come to terms with, I think when I was younger, with all of the interests that I have and had, have had had, and all of the things that I've done over the years, I felt sometimes like, you know, I couldn't focus, right? Because at any given time I was, I tried directing I've tried, I've done solo shows, I've done web series, I've acted. And when I was younger, I used to judge myself a little bit for it because it felt, and there was a level of where you maybe don't progress as much as you'd like in one area because you suddenly find yourself that you've transitioned to another. So then you're starting all over in the one area, whatever. Right. So I finally came to the realization of I'm a storyteller. And whatever vessel it ends up being is the vessel it ends up being. So that if it's like, let me try telling my stories through a web series. Great. Learned what I learned from that. Just because now I've moved to podcasting doesn't make me a failure as a web series person. It just means my vessel changed. I love that. Yeah? Yeah. So that has given me some ease. Now, mm. I still sometimes go, my Lord, are you, I have, I've done it all. <laughs> I have self-published. I have produced a web series. I have, you know, I've, I've acted for 30 years yeah. now. I, and I'm like, my God, am I ever going to just do one thing? But I don't, apparently not. But see, I think you are. <laughs> and I, you just, you like ins- First of all, you're such an inspiration to me, but also, Thank like, because I've read your book, and I, you know, Aww, watched your web series, and I, I mean, I'm such a fan of yours, so Aww. it's like, no, it's true, though, and I, this one's well, so right excited to have you on. You. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, but you literally just did something for me just now, and mm. did, as you always do every time we get oh, together, thanks. I feel like I should just follow you around. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, let me get the inspiration for Tanya, but the truth is, like, you did. You just said to me something that I say to myself for so long. I have yeah. all of these strengths and things that I'm interested in, or yeah. things that, I, even that I'm not good at, but want to learn and be better at and I've been beating myself up about it for so many years about saying like you can't commit to anything (laughs) or like really berating myself like you're gonna have to just be an actor and you can't sing and you certainly can't dance like all these different things and you just said it you're like no you do have the one focus your one focus is storytelling Storytelling. it's okay how it finds its way out it's creative in some way shape or form and that's Okay. Well, and also the thing about the sort of like partly like say the web series, which I love and I loved doing, and then you submit to festivals and blah, 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 and maybe it doesn't go as far as you want it to go until you really break it down and realize that that is all so, you know, as everything, 
who knows who. You know, when you see the list of people that got chosen, half of them are lists that happen to be able to somehow get celebrities in their projects. Right. So then it just becomes about like, so-and-so is in it. And mm-hmm. that's what, for the festival producers, make it more viable. So it has nothing to do with your product. No. You know? No, and you're right. And so um, I, I had to start changing where the finish line was in terms of like, oh, well, my web series didn't turn into a sitcom, therefore it was a failure. No, Mm-mm. right? It's this living entity that I created and had so much fun with, and now I'm doing this, right. you know? And um, that's that. And sometimes I even get freaked out about this because I'm like, well, when is this going to turn? And I'm like, I've tried everything, so what's left? But I'm like, well, then just go back to something. Like, I might write another book. Right. I might blah, 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 blah. You know, who knows? Tell, tell everybody the name of your book because I love it. So, you know, it's so funny. It's a really long title, and I easily forget it. So let me see if I remember <laughs> it. So it's um, My So-Called Unexpected Life, 10 Things I Did to, and that's the part I can't remember oh, right awesome. now. Awesome, right. Yeah, but perfect. it's on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and then I have another book that is about embracing the unexpected. Oh, I don't think I read that one. Yeah, oh, it's interviews. Uh, it's uh, interviews, uh, and see? that's on Amazon, too. More things for me to do now. With, like, Rachel Dratch and Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, wow. Right? How did I miss this? See, I know all your stuff, and yeah. I missed this. So, so um, now, I, now I'm going to have to read and talk about it. Yes, but yeah. it is a, it's a fun little title. And, uh, yeah. But I'll tell you, my... My unexpected life. Yes. Yes. Is your so called so called my so called unexpected, unexpected life. life is lovely. Thank I you. I love. I Thank loved it. You. I loved it so much. Yeah, and yes. that's all about getting out of your way, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I had my version of who I thought I wanted to be with, and then who I met was this wonderful man who had two kids, um, who had been divorced, and you know we met on Match.com, and in it's my amazing. bio I said no kids, right? Right. <laughs> But then he, like, did that thing where you used to, like, you wink. You wink at a person you're interested uh-huh. in. So he winked at me anyway. And I'm like, well, he is really pretty blue eyes. And so I broke my own rule, and that started the process to finding the person I was supposed to be with. And had I stayed rigid, I'd still be single. Maybe. And he's amazing. And he's amazing. Yeah, perfect. And you, ha- and you have now two more kids, yes? Yes. So all together we have four kids. So we have the twins who are 21 now, and then I have um, a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. Which is the gamut. It runs the gamut. Momness. It's quite the gamut. <laughs> and yeah, step being a stepmother is the hardest thing and best thing I've ever done, other than being a mother, yeah. a biological mother. And yeah. How long were you together, married, I would say, until you decided to have kids? I think, okay, so I met the older kids when they were six. I think we got married around when they were around seven and a half. I think I was a good maybe year or so in before it hit me like a ton of bricks, because I really had convinced myself that I don't want kids. I do think it was protective. Mm -hmm. I also didn't make sense, because as you know, I am a card-carrying crazy fanatic. So, uh, yeah. I mean, this is why we get along. Right, exactly. This is why we get along. So, uh, I think it was about a year or so in where I was like, I only have a baby, you know? Mm. It just all flooded. And then uh, we were very fortunate that it all sort of happened in easy time yeah one of my bigger blessings you know and um now we got two i call them swirly girlies because they have curly hair they are lovely they're the cutest they are so sweet (laughs) your girls are amazing yeah but how interesting to have this journey from coming in as a stepmom first of all not wanting kids coming in as a stepmom to basically seven seven year olds eight year olds and then seeing that experience which i think is got to be different being the step parent to then having your own kids yes and that experience of like okay now you've done both yes you know and what that 
has been, and I know you think of all your kids as all your kids. Yeah. Like I know you don't yeah. make that distinction really, even though like technically it's there, yeah. just because of who you are. Um, and those kids are so lucky to have you as a stepmom. Mm, no, you. seriously. But I think that's so interesting. My I similarly did not want kids. Mm-hmm. When we got married, mm-hmm. we were not having kids. We got married knowing no kids. Yeah. I have four nephews. I was yeah. like, nope. Yeah. And so I get it. And then I was like, am I going to regret this? All right, we'll try. And then it, you know, happened like that. But so for, and then I was in. But yeah. you know, it's yeah. such an interesting thing when you finally did sort of take on that mom role the, yes. as the stepmom. Yeah. Did it change for you? And I'm I'm now shifting just slightly to uh, as far as how you tell stories and your creative and your acting and anything. Did anything shift for you at all? When I became a stepmom? Yeah. First, when you became a stepmom, and then when you became a mom to your two girls. Well, it created wonderful fodder. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, because it just is more life and more experience and more things to be like WTH about. And um, I've always been relatively protective of their privacy, even though in the my so-called unexpected life, I, of course, talk about them. But I'm always the butt of any joke. Um, So uh, and I and uh, that book in particular is very much about the mental struggle I had to go through Mm. to um, become less selfish and I wanted Bill all to myself, and I had to share him. And that was like, I fought that tooth and nail. Um, so I do. I just think it created more story more than anything. That's amazing. Um, and, uh, and, my, and it literally grew my heart, you mm. know? So that is the, the greatest gift they gave me, mm. do you know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I became a better person, for sure. I think that there's no question that yeah. we all become better people yeah. around kids yeah. in general, no matter how great or struggle, strugglesome it yeah. is. We, we have to because there's no way around it. Yeah, and I think in the particular case of becoming a stepmom, it, it forced me to share. I mm-hmm. had never been a good sharer, and it forced me to um, become less self-focused and, uh, and then – it just built my skills in terms of being able to really anticipate the needs of people and mm. fill in blanks where there might have been blanks. And yeah, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And and I assume because I'm not a step parent, so I don't know what that role would look like. I can just assume that there is so much you have to navigate before you even take a step sometimes. Like, do I step in here? Do I not step in? Is this my space? Is this my yeah. space to say something? Do I not say something? Who do I go to to like bring this up to talk about? Well, it? that was partly why I, you know, I remember researching step stuff about stepmoms and, you know, it's all the um, archetypical uh, wicked stepmother mm-hmm. stuff. And when I became a stepmom, there was very little written about it. There's still not that much written about just sort of the like process. Mm. Although there are some like, there's like a step family website. They have like National Step Family Day or something like that. But um, it was a ton to navigate. But I always followed Bill's lead. I always, I just stayed really watchful. I never felt like I was, and and I think that partly is because Bill is such a great dad and such a hands-on dad. Yeah that um, it wasn't, my situation wasn't like, I have to like take over for things he should be doing. And a lot of it is how can I support him and also help 
being that outsider who can sort of observe, I could see needs sometimes where he might have blind spots that I could then sort of be useful in that way. So it's, it was keeping an eye on both sets and just being very aware of like where I could be of use. And that's sort of partly what I mean. Like, I gotta say, like, it's weird. Like, when I say it's one of the best things I've ever done, it, it really did like fine-tune my skills as a human mm. and a good person. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is tough <laughs> and often, <laughs> often thankless. Oh, Woo! yeah, yeah. Um, but if you love the person that you're with, you know, yeah, that's just the deal. Well, and you and Bill have such a great relationship. Yeah, we do. You really, no, you have great communication. You have a great relationship. I've never met him, and yeah. yet I feel like I know him yes. from so many of your oh my stories. Gosh, you've never met Can him? you believe we've never met? That's really I, funny. I, I know. Met, yeah, I have met John. You've met John. Yeah. Yes. But only briefly. I Right. Yeah. Well, and other people say that, too. They're like, I know him because you always post about yeah. him. He's like, you know, right. you always talk about him. Yeah. And you always talk about Bill on the podcast. Yeah. And so I feel like I know him. I, but then again, I'm like, but would I know him if I walked down the street? Like, <laughs> could I point him? Right? I don't know if I would. Oh, that's so which is so weird, but I do feel like I know him. And that's yeah. really creepy because of the social media. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, even with the podcast, there's that, right? Yes. Like where people feel like they're in full conversation oh, with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Amazing. Um, But there yeah. are moments where you're like, oh, I see. This person is way ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm just catching relationship. up. Right. And where did we first meet? Right? Yeah. Like, such yeah. a strange thing. I know. It's such an interesting um uh, dynamic with this yes. whole because people do get they kind of crawl into this intimacy with you yes and yeah. we're we're just we're aware but we're not aware no. you know I mean? well I remember because some, some episodes where I was kind of really putting some difficult stuff out there mm-hmm. um like the one about the water park and the racist yes and um uh, as I sort of put that out there and asked people to be proactive and whatever whatever I noticed around that time, um, people in my community who listen to the show would be like, can I take you to lunch? <laughs> can we meet for lunch? Yeah. And I'd be like, sure, sure. you know? Yeah. And I'd realize I think they were very much wanting to kind of like check in or yeah. caretake. It yeah. was very sweet, oh, you know? That's so sweet. Yeah, it's cool. So this is a great segue. Let's, let's walk into the podcast. And if you don't mind, would you walk us back to like where Tanya's take, where, how it kind of like sure. popped into the world? So. I had a podcast previously called Race Bait, and our tagline was, uh, she's black, he's white, we talk about race, so you can too. And that had a successful two years and came to a necessary end, uh, a difficult end, um, but ultimately it was a gift because what I really realized was I needed to have autonomy Mm -hmm. as I talk about the topics that I talk about. Around the time that it was winding down, I started this newsletter, which was um, called uh, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. And I was sending it out to my mailing list because I had started doing some um, diversity and inclusion facilitation. And uh, occasionally people would be like, oh, my gosh, I love your newsletter. So you're working for equity now? And I was like, what? So equity, (laughs) right? Equity is our actors' yeah, yeah, union, right. right? And I'd be like, uh, no, no, I am not. That's me. And they're yeah. like, oh, cool. I, I thought you were working for Equity. And Bill was with me when one friend said that once. And he was like, um, you need to change the name of the newsletter. Mm. He's like, you need to put yourself front and center. I was like, okay. He's like, what about Tanya's take? So, like, Bill came up with the name. Aw, Bill. I know. 
and uh, so then I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I changed the newsletter. I mourned and struggled with the end of race bait and started thinking about creating my own. Um, and I think, you know, the transition, I, it was the right amount of time. And I was like, I swear, like, there was one week where I just was really hungry to do something. And I, like, was like, screw it. And I just went and bought a mic and taped nice. um, the first episode of Tanya's Take. And this subtitle for it is Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. And that's, and that's why it... That's where it. it went. So when you started, when you had this inspiration, and you, which by the way, like you're speaking to my heart, that's exactly how it would go for, with me. Yeah. If I were in that same position without yeah. a mic, I'd be like, all right, I'm going, I, I need to do this today. I just went that weekend. I just need to do it right now. Yep. I need to make it happen. Yeah. I love it. That's exactly how I do it. Yeah. The when you did that, and when you said, I have these things I need to say, you you were still struggling through the ending of race bait. Yes. Yes, I think I had re- reached, no, I, I think at that point I really had come to terms with, okay. oh, this was a magnificent gift, and I could not have gone on doing race bait anyway. Yeah. So it was yeah, yeah. very clear. It was it was one of those things that are just like, I don't know, like Oprah Winfrey always has that thing, Oprah and Maya always have mm. that thing where they're like, you know, the universe will tell you. Mm. It'll it'll throw pebbles, then it'll throw rocks. <laughs> it will keep telling you. Yeah. And so there was so many things happening towards the end where the pebbles, the rocks, and then just the boulder. And I was like, all set, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, once I realized that, I was able to yeah. move into it pretty would you say that some of your, and I'm just thinking about this now, I never made this connection until mm-hmm. just this moment. One of the things that you post about or have posted about on your page a lot is uh, your, some, you were doing some videos for a while, but then for me, the thing that was I thought was so impactful and I learned so much was your Minute on Racism. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, so Minute on Racism, Racism is a Facebook video series I did that the page is still up. And I would essentially um, speak to um, black people, um, and have them share within a minute uh, experiences they've had with racism, from micro to macro aggressions. And they would list them. And the goal was not, it was more about laundry listing them versus getting into details about different events. And I literally would set a timer. They would speak directly to camera. When the minute was up, if they were mid-sentence, whatever, they would just stop talking. And the sort of idea behind it is, you know, I, I can't remember the exact tagline, but it was essentially like, how many stories fill up a minute? How many stories fill up a life? Mm. And it just really hit people between the eyes because they were like, this is one minute of this person's life, and they clearly could go on and on yeah. and on. So, yeah, that – and that was a – turning point for me because right around that time is when I was just so much of the content I was creating was around race Mm -hmm. and it just was a very sort of natural progression in terms of I guess where my storytelling was going and so um, yeah that was a really that was a strong strong run I originally had just posted my own video of it one day Mm -hmm. and it ended up winning this award 
Really? Yeah, it Good did. For you. And then when I shared that I'd won the award, the response was really strong. I was like, I'm going to do more of these. And I just started traveling around and filming folks. Yeah, I thought I, I definitely learned so much That's from that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, that was for me, there were a lot of culture shifts going on for right. me in, as far as racism goes because I live in a very white world yeah. like I grew up in the whitest of white world uh-huh. very Jewish white world uh-huh. so there was not a lot that first of all I, I'm thinking back at there were maybe two black kids in our in our school uh-huh. maybe yeah um yeah I, I mean and I could count them on a hand and right like, you know right. so and never ever thought about it in any capacity other than okay, well, we just all live our lives. Like, you never would have thought about how I was contributing to that experience, you know? And you really, with, I mean, somewhat with race bait, but definitely with Minute on Racism and all of your posts and the things that you've talked about and absolutely through Tanya's take, I'm learning so much about where I contributed. And I got to tell you, I've gone through so much, like, (laughs) I mean, like, like like af- like what is like aftershock shame if you will yeah like thinking back to the things that I have said or done sure. or ways that I've been sure. and like trying to unpack how I can then like <laughs> repair that you sure. know and be a better person yeah. now yeah. and when the scales are falling off your eyes and you start to see like yes. what, how, yes. what you are doing or what's around you and how can you stand up and help yeah it's kind it, it's it's amazing and, and so necessary and so important and I'll give you a great example, a very small example. So one of the things I did years and years ago, I had a blogger account. A blogger account? <laughs> do you remember blogger? Like, it was like, you could do blogs, but it was like, oh, yeah. blah, 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 like blogspot.com. Yeah, I had yeah, that. yeah, 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 right? One of my posts that I put up was, a, somebody had done this, I thought it was brilliant, 101 things in 1,001 days. And it was like all the different things you were going to try to do okay. within a certain amount of time. One of the things was uh, on my list was, uh, get, listen to rap music because I don't like it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, find really good rap music that I can enjoy. Okay. Okay. This is my thing. And I remember my husband, my now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time. He was like, I can help you with this. Okay. And I was like, okay. And he's like, here. And he would like try to play me stuff. And I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, it's not sitting with me. Like yeah. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And he's like, I don't know. And he kind of made a joke. He was kind of like, do you think maybe you're a little racist? I'm like, no. I'm like, what are you talking about? Racist? Like, don't you call me racist. Like, I was so mad about it. But, but, yeah, huh? Well, see, okay. So, first of all, everything you said in terms of, like, whatever part, any of the stuff I've been doing has helped to shift. I think that's what you're saying. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, You're amazing. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Is why I do it, largely. Mm -hmm. I also do it for people of color and black people to 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 articulate what they may or may not be able to amplify whatever representation all of that but um the thing that you were saying is one of my goals and it sounds kind of nutty but i am always trying to push for everyone to realize they are racist (laughs) (laughs) hello i mean and like for me racist racist is not a four-letter word now there's racism and there's supremacy. Sure. Yes. Right. Yes. And and you know Robin D'Angelo, who is a white woman who writes a lot about having to, as a white person, own that you have been born into racism and that you are upholding racism mm-hmm. simply by living. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I want to diffuse the power of the word racist 
and I want more people. I mean, the only reason I don't say I'm racist is because a person of color, a black person, isn't in the power dynamic to be racist. Exactly. Right? Yes. But I have prejudice, right? Right. But if you are white, I want you to embrace your racism. (laughs) Um, And it's not a popular No. Nobody wants to be called that. No, of course not. No, it's probably one of the worst things a white person feels, unless they are, and then they don't care. Then they don't care. Um, Yeah. So there's racism and there's supremacy. And supremacy is what Trump does, taking um, the power and calling it to uphold some and not others. Yes. Um, So anyway, that is my goal. I wish that that word, it's not that it needs to lose its power, because it is powerful, but um, it needs to lose its stigma, because Mm -hmm. it's sort of the starting point that we all need to be at, really, to do any of this I love that so much and I really do appreciate that because I do think you're right I think that this idea of supremacy versus racism we can't even have the conversation because you say the word and people people freak freak the hell out and And so even like when someone like Kamala Harris who like you know you know dissected Joe Biden during the Democratic (laughs) debate right I was which I adored and thought was a master class (laughs) I wish she hadn't started with I don't think you're racist to Joe Biden. Right. Now, that was a tactic, yeah. and it was a wise tactic because mm-hmm. she was trying to appeal to his ego, which was smart because mm-hmm. she was about to slay, cut him in half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I wish she hadn't said that because, of course, he's racist. Yeah. He's an old white guy. Yeah. It is impossible for a man in his position of power not to be racist right. and to not have benefited from racism. And that's okay. Let's mm-hmm. start there mm-hmm. and then go. And then go. And making that distinction between supremacy and racism. Yeah. I think it's He's really not a, Joe Biden isn't a supremacist, no. or certainly not today working in the way that he's working. Right. Right? Um, but he is a racist. And it's so true. It's, <laughs> but it's the same idea of like how we need to change the language in our world always needs to shift. Yes. And we get so caught up and go, going just to the basic, and I talked about this in the last episode about the genders and, and how we talk about how gender, you know, used to be everything was binary. Right. He, she, right. you know, they was a group of people. I and know. that's not the case anymore. No. And we really need to embrace that. And yes. language changes and we need to work within it so that we can all be speaking a language, at least that we understand to some degree. I mean, I am surprised by some of the more liberal people, artistic people, liberal, open people I've had conversations with recently who are so resistant to pronouns. And it's shocking, like, isn't it? Like, I'm an old, like, young, interesting contemporaries of mine who are, like, may as well be, like, old people on their front lawn saying, get off my lawn, mm-hmm. because they are so resistant and angry that they are being asked to yes. do this. Mm-hmm. And I like, I freaking love it. I do too. I'm, I'm just like you. And I'm like, teach me that something more, bothers more, more, you. More, Let's more. find something that works better to make everybody happy. And it's, somebody, no yeah, somebody not. was trying to be like, no, at some point it's a slippery slope. And lately I've really been trying to stay in this place of listening to understand, mm-hmm. right? So I was really trying to like, try to, trying to get what they were meaning by this thing of it's a slippery slope and once you do this I'm like no it just didn't fly no. because what, what, how is it a slippery slope I to, don't to, know to, 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 be, to have other people be seen yeah. marginalized on the regular it's that so make odd sense to me. It's, and that and I said to the person who I I said well that's upholding supremacy oh, Lord. 
That's supremacy. We're afraid. We're so afraid that even the most open people fight it. Mm-hmm. Well, and th- I was just thinking about this, that we're, I'm, I'm putting myself in this position. I, I mean, yes, I'm a woman, but I am a white woman, mm-hmm. grew up in a fairly affluent area. Mm-hmm. So like, hello, I am way privileged, definitely steeped in racism, steeped in a world where if you, when you start coming and saying, oh, well, we're going to change this and we're going to yeah. change that, all of a sudden I'm afraid that now yeah. I'm going to get erased. And it's like, well, oh, well, if you're afraid that you're going to get erased, think about what it's like to constantly be erased. I know. Right? I we know. can't do that. We just don't want to be there because somewhere deep down we know how bad it actually is. No, that's really interesting. I mean, I've never heard it articulated that way, that it's about a fear of being erased. I mean, I've definitely thought of it in terms of, like, why there's so much resistance from white men not wanting to lose the power position. Right. Uh, but not wanting to be erased. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It tr- brings me back to something that I – so I'm a little bit – I'm this much obsessed – very obsessed with um, Shonda Rhimes's book, Fear of Yes. Okay, the, Ellie, now this is just getting weird. Really? Yeah, because that's the book I'm reading, and I talk <gasps> about on. it in the next episode. No, 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 no. Don't tell me that because seriously, no, you, okay, I have to tell you the story because you This will, is getting This weird. is crazy. So I, um, no, I, like, I have to put that down because you have to know. So I read this book, I don't know, like, right after it came out, I, somebody had recommended it. And so I got it on Audible, and I listened to it. And let me tell you, like, I am a, Does she read it? She does. Oh, funny. Oh, my gosh, you have to hear her oh, read it. Oh, funny. It's so good. So, and I, and I just love the way she yes. speaks. She's yeah. just so articulate and brilliant and I just love her and it was I started reading it because it was Shonda Rhimes and because we were doing the 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 Grey's Anatomy Anatomy podcast so we thought well this is perfect timing right and I'm listening to this and I'm just I'm loving this book so much I love everything that she talks about she's just so just just brilliant everything she says and then I get uh, so this is years going down the line I love the book I always recommend it fine but I didn't read it again until I got pregnant with Jordan yeah and I was listening to a lot of like falling asleep meditation apps and they were making me have these nightmares. And I'd been Mm. doing this for years, listening to meditation to fall asleep. And all of a sudden I started getting these nightmares and I'm like, I can't listen to this anymore because it's starting to trigger these nightmares Mm. for me. So I'm like, I got to try something else. So I was like, well, maybe I'll listen to an audio book and put it on for like 30 minutes and that'll help me fall asleep. Something that I've listened to before. Right. So I put on the year of yes. Yes. And I'm not kidding you. I listened to that book every single night. Whoa. Through... Eight months of my pregnancy, wow. all the way through breastfeeding him. I that book was on. Re- John knows the book now, like <laughs> the back of his hand. I love this wild. book so much, and so and it's so funny because it's I've now listened to it falling asleep, and it's always in different areas. It's like yeah. I pick a different chapter. Yeah, I I still hear new things that she says. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been pulling quotes left and right, and I'm conflicted about the book for. You know, it is difficult but she's very aware of her privilege yes um yes also as a black woman there's a little bit like and she's younger than me i believe is she yes not by much though actually a little bit by i mean she's in her 40s but she is younger and i feel like um you know there's just a little bit i think of normal like uh envy jealousy Mm -hmm. like because whoa and of course she's like you know so I went ahead and said yes to the Kennedy Center honors, you know. And you're just yes, like, yeah, I know. Oh, There's a little bit of like a, I, yeah. Yeah, and it, that's for me a little. Yeah. That's just a personal thing. Yeah. So I'm reading it sort of with that caution at the same time that left and right, there's stuff that she says that um, just really resonate. And uh, 
Yeah, it's just so funny because I stumbled across it. I was oh, we went out of town last week, and I needed something um, on my Kindle to read, and so I looked at Kindle Unlimited, and that pops out. Oh I'm my like, gosh! Ah, yeah, I'll read this, and I love it. Yeah, and it's totally. Re- that's so funny to me, and it's funny. I wonder if I would think of it differently, reading it now, knowing what I know. And do you know what I'm saying? Seeing it yeah. from a different perspective, but because I read it when I read it. Sure, totally. I wonder, you know, because that's true of books in general, yeah. you know? Yeah. And now I have such a bias to the fact that I love it so much because totally. it's like, it was such a comfort to me. Did you have any of that, though? Just like, and again, like her awareness of the privilege elements of what she's saying. Like, did any of that ever kind of... Like, mm, in the back of my yeah, head? Yeah, just make it be like, okay, sh- okay, Shonda. But still, yes. I don't know. There, yes. No, it's funny you say that because there have been moments where I'm like, I get, I start, my hackles start to go up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, But then she almost always, as I've noticed, almost always, will say something that totally. d- get, takes it back. She's yeah. like, and It's always right you, on the edge. Yes. She always takes it right to the edge. And right she'll to the say, edge. Now, let me tell you, it is a terrible thing for me to say that I'm a single mother. I am not a single mother. Oh, totally. Like she like, will come back and say and that. And then sometimes I'm just like... I wanna. I want to genuinely believe. You know, she says throughout the book, I make things up, and the drama she creates around certain things yeah. that she says she didn't want to do. And I'm just like, but I mean, it's her truth. I, yeah. I, I guess, you know. Um, but yeah, I, no, I, I have really full on envy for what how, what she's done to. I build mean, the world but of course she's, she's worked her ass off, yeah, and it's right. no thing. I mean, she's been writing. She wrote introducing Dorothy Dandridge. Yeah. She wrote. Um, uh, Shoot, the Anne Hathaway princess movie. Did she really? Yes. Oh, I did not even realize that. Yeah. See, yeah. See. She's been writing and doing this stuff for full, a long time. and she's really good. She's really so. good. She knows her stuff. You know? yeah. 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 It's kind of, I know, but I can't, I, I hear you on that. I know, yeah, I, I hear know. you on that. There, when she was talking about the toilet paper, have you gone to the toilet paper yet? Mm, I don't think Probably. so. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, yeah, I don't think It's later, so. it's probably later in the book, because I can't remember where anything lives yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's, yeah. You, you, you'll have to tell me what you think. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you when, yeah, when, when you're done with the book. I'm like, oh, now I see what you're But I saying. will say this. I, I honestly wonder if I would have, reading it, I wonder if I would have heard it differently than I hear it from hearing her say it. Because I get to oh, hear, for sure. you know, I get to hear her inflections on for things. Sure. And her almost like, like you were saying, making you yourself the butt of the joke. Yes. Even when she's saying stuff that's taking it to the edge, totally. she then comes back on herself a lot. Absolutely. And I find like, I wonder if, because we talk about intonation and the fact, I mean, I remember when texting became a thing and we yeah. were like, but I can't tell what you really mean. No, it's and totally th- true. I mean, thank God for emojis, but because yeah. <laughs> yeah. so many things can be taken out of context, know. you know, and, and really be hurtful. Right. Because my goal is not putting emojis when I don't need to because I'm being very clear. That, but I still right. feel like I have to like pump it up yes. with an emoji. I'm like, this is perfectly clear. Yeah, people understand. It doesn't need an assist. Right. <laughs> Stop yourself. Stop in emails, because mostly oh, yes. texting, you're texting friends. Yeah. But in emails, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. a, a grown ass woman. I know. I do not need to emoji this. I know. It's so hard. It's so I try. It's really hard. The other one I try to keep out of my uh, language is the word just. Oh my god, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I say it all the time. Oh yeah, I, that, I wrote a blog post about that. Did you? I did. I'll have to find it. Yeah. But about putting just in. There was, a, there was an article I read about it, and I think yeah, that, yeah, I read that's that probably one. the same yeah. article. And I was like, okay, I have yeah. to stop this. I'm, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm taking away my power every time I do every it. It's okay just checking in on if the, on, the, your, on the proposal. Yeah. Stop checking in on the pro- proposal. proposal. Because you asked me to write a proposal, and right. I did. Right. And you haven't told me that's what you right. want to do. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. It's so, oh, language is so hard. <laughs> I love this. I, I mean, I love that I was like, well, we'll talk about this. Oh, hey, look, look where we are. Because, but I mean, that's what it's like when we're together. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like I this is where we go. And there's so much to talk about that I think it's, so much. we can go in so many different directions. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a, just a tiny bit about, <laughs> to bring to bring, to bring bring it all full circle around me. Because, you know, it's not like I don't already do that. But I want to tell you uh, about, I would mentioned to you, and I have this like literally written to you. Yeah. Um, I may delve into some questions that are Jackson spectrum specific issues sure. that have risen for us. So, he, so here it is. So uh, one of the things, and I don't know that this is even widely known. I only really recently learned about this. Um, one of the traits that's common for some kids on the spectrum is having uh, facial blindness. Do you know about this? N- well, I know what facial blindness is. Okay. I'm, the look you're seeing is I, I'm sort of, I may know a little bit of what you might be wondering about. Yes. And so, yes. Is, is it coming back to you? Uh, yes, yeah. something. Okay. Yes. So, uh, and this is something that I never even realized that Jackson technically it has, and I only know that he uh, falls into that category because we just did an assessment on him, and they do they do pictures, and then you have to, like, pick out the people in the next page and, you know, whatever, and describe or something like that about them. And he let's put it this way, did not excel in that Mm -hmm. place. So, okay, I look at this and I go, all right, on one level, I have a child who clearly this is a deficit for him and something that he struggles with across the board. However, (laughs) uh, on the side of trying to be a person who is bringing up my white male child into the world, how do I navigate this issue where... Here's my example. He had a therapist who joined his team for a short time, and uh, uh, his name was Reggie. He was amazing. And first of all, we don't get a lot of men. So when you get a male therapist, it's a very big deal because they can pick the kids up and they can throw mm. them around and they can do fun things with them, and Jackson loves that kind of attention. Yeah. So for him, it was like a really big deal. Uh, Reggie uh, was black, and the only, I think, black man that was on a sort of a regular basis that Jackson had any contact with, okay? So I think he was at the, the clinic for maybe three weeks. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're talking a short amount of time, yes. okay? But Jackson loved him. Sure. And then Reggie left, yeah. and, you know, to pursue whatever the heck he was going off to pursue or it wasn't the right fit for him or whatever. Jackson has a great memory, so he remembers yeah. Reggie. Yeah. There's another little boy <laughs> in his group. Yeah. Little black boy. Yeah. And his father would come to pick him up. <laughs> Did he think he was Reggie? Oh, every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Okay. But, and we were, I, I mean, okay. So we're, tr- <laughs> we're trying very hard to be like, no, that's not Reggie. <laughs> that's, you know, Andy's dad or whatever the child's name was or whatever. And, you know, and he was very kind and sweet sure. about it. You know, sure. he understands. I mean, yes. you know, kids, whatever. Yeah. But after the fifth time, <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is so, yes. This has to be an issue. And how do I, what do I do? Okay, so (laughs) first of all, one of the greatest fears of parents who aren't racist is that their child is racist. (laughs) (laughs) It is the fear of some parents who are black or Mm. people of color Mm. because of internalized racism. So um, here's the the 360 view of this is that 
everything is about communication. Mm -hmm. And everything is about feedback. And yes, I am sure this father whose child is attending the same uh, the clinic, yeah, clinic yeah, yeah. has empathy and understanding of about course. this. So I might reach out to him. Mm-hmm. Because you can't control this aspect of Jackson. No. And, of, and unless you can, which, again, that would be something, I don't know, can you talk to the therapist? But if he literally has facial blindness, yes. so then how does that work with others? So, right. So I think that that happens to him uh, once he gets to know somebody and mm-hmm. has been around them long enough yeah. and has spent time, yeah. he picks up who they are and he sees, I think, other aspects of them. The way that the doctor sure. described it is he's like, Kids on the spectrum spectrum don't see a forest; they see trees. Got so it. they see the like the things they can pick out yeah. that become the important pieces. Sure. So once he gets to know somebody, it's not your like, you know, overall view of like, oh, this is a black man, so that's yeah. going to be this person. Do you so see now saying? and so and the meetings so far are short lived. Right. Um, does he have any connection with the boy? Uh, only in, in clinic, yeah. Only, only in, in clinic. clinic. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of different things, and this is all, I mean, and again, it's what you're comfort with, comfort with, what seems to make sense. I don't know how big this sort of dynamic between you and the father is right. in terms of, like, you both kind of, like, laugh about it and, like, kind of pull Jackson away. Yeah, yeah. Or what does the father do? So the, the first few times he just sort of, you know, we were like, no, no, that's not Reggie. Come on, you know, this is, you know, Andy's dad. Or I don't remember the kid's name, but, you know. And, yeah. and clearly we're no longer at that clinic, so we don't run into this okay. father anymore. But yeah. when this was going down, yeah. I just, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I was so, because I don't know the man, you know. And it's, and it's also that thing, like, do we, are we, I don't know you at all. Are we about to have this conversation mm-hmm. where, and I don't know that he even knew who Reggie was. Sure. So all you have is this little white boy running up to this black totally. man calling him somebody else's name, which, yeah. again, can we just lay it out there and yeah. be like, that's got to be so, like, uh, it's not like that's, I, I don't know, is that the first time that that's ever happened to you, or do you hear about that happening well, on the regular? Well, first of so all, like, it, okay, so if this this black man has not, this is not the first time he's been mistaken for another black man. Right. I am, I have, you know, there's a, a hashtag now in our theater community, I think now, I think it's something along like, I was hashtag I wasn't in the show, and it's a black actress who came up with oh it. Oh my god! Because as a black actress in Chicago, if you are anywhere in the lobby, audience members walk up to you and compliment you on your performance. Show that you, oh my god. In a show that you weren't in. That's so embarrassing. It's so. Oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Now because because we you know to you can either laugh or cry. We all have a sense of humor about it. Oh my god. I've worked in certain theaters repeatedly where they still think I'm Penelope Walker. Come on. Penelope Walker and I look nothing alike. You look <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, so, that being oh, said. Oh, for the love That is not the first man, time that black man has been mistaken for another black exactly. man. Exactly. And I think that's what why I feel so bad. Horrified. Right. Horrified. But, um, and I'm very aware of, like, depending... That's why you have to read cues. Mm. Like, if this man is not interested in engaging and just tries to get through the moment as much as possible, that's information. Yes. If this man is gracious in a way that he laughs about it and you guys have a laugh, that's more information. 
So you have to be really specific. But right. some ideas I would have, yeah. they range. They range from if there is enough of a moment between the two of you to be like, I just would, I just want to tell you what's going on here. Yeah. He has a, a teacher he loved. Um, he's not here anymore. And Jackson has facial blindness. Yeah. And he thinks that you are him. Right. Um, that's what's happening. Right. 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 Um, so that's one way to go. Sure. And that's very, being very vulnerable. That's possibly creating a awkward moment. That mm-hmm. possibly could be interpreted as a microaggression. But you have to take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's for the black man to either avoid you at all costs next time. <laughs> right. See a piece out. Which could right. happen. Yeah. Um, tell you that's the most racist thing I've ever heard, mm. and you've offended me. Mm. And then you say, I'm really sorry. My intention was to let you know what's happening, and I'm really sorry mm. that it had the different effect. Right, right. Right? Or it could range all the way to, oh my gosh, Jackson loved his teacher. He has facial blindness. He thinks you're his teacher. I would love for him to get to know you mm. so that he knows you aren't his teacher. May I suggest a play date? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just all ranges based entirely on the nonverbal cues you are getting from the individual standing in front of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's actually super helpful because there's no right answer. Oh, no. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I just, I see this happening again. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it happening in another way and yeah. another, and again, and it's interesting, he's had more exposure to women of color. Women, mm-hmm. and whether it's you know uh, la- Latina or you know black women or what, just more um, women are in this sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. business. Yeah. So I think he's found a way to navigate that a little bit better. Right. Although we joke about it because Jackson loves blondes, he just has a thing for them. <laughs> and if you walk into his life and you're blonde, oh, you are one hundred percent his like faves. Oh my god! Yeah, so bizarre. It. So like I'm not you know a number one on his list, yeah, right? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I love that as a question, though, because it's like it really does give the opportunity to just ex- to model how individual and specific it is. Yeah. And the risk that it Oof. is takes and the potential for looking stupid or being rejected. Right. But that's the work. That's how we do this. I think what you said is so necessary. Um, and it's about having the courage. You know, we talk about being... Okay, I'm going to say the wrong word here. It's not an ally. You, you an talk, accomplice. An accomplice, yes. right. I want to be an accomplice. Yes. So, but I forget sometimes that it's one thing to step in when somebody's uh, sure. clearly, you yeah. know, you know, doing something terrible and you want yeah. to, you know, be there to, to, you know, defend or whatever. Right. But it's another thing to be in a situation like this yeah. where you, I have to have courage you to, have to, to have look courage. like I'm going to possibly like you I'm so glad you called it out like I think I was worried that he would think that was a microaggression yes. or he would think that I was being racist yes. and like I don't want to be seen that way because I know that I'm actually oh an ally and accomplice and like don't think of me I that know, way and, and it's such a hard thing to do but you're right it is it is a it is it is a step I have to take yeah and it is an important one and it is one that um an ally right yeah. so the distinction between ally oh, yeah, and yeah, accomplice explain that. Yeah. so an ally understands an accomplice has a plan so the way that you go from being an ally to an accomplice in that moment is an ally, an ally scurries their child away yep. because you understand it's awkward. Yes. An accomplice gets in the middle of it, gets the information they need, Dives in. and risks looking 
silly or wrong or whatever, but that becomes your plan. Yes. Right? And then whether that man accepts you or not, you're still an accomplice in those moments, right? Because I think sometimes people want to be awarded the medal of... (laughs) Accomplice right. honor, right? Yeah, yeah. And people love to call themselves an ally. But sure. guess what? You don't get to call yourself an ally. Other people get to call you an, an ally yes. or an accomplice. Yes. Right? And in that moment, if he rejects you, he may not see you as an accomplice. But it doesn't mean you aren't, right? Right. And so accomplice and getting that title isn't as important as just doing Doing the work. Yeah. Well, and exactly right. I think that, and again, it comes back to that being afraid and having that So much. I mean, that's, I mean, that is... Just a horror show. I get it. <laughs> Do you know, like how, I mean, and not horrible because of Jackson, no. but just like, oh my god. Yeah, like what? A, what a situation I, I never mean, thought I would be in. Seriously, you know? yeah, and it's, it's also, and that's my biggest thing. I mean, thank God, I have one of my superpowers is I can laugh at pretty much anything. Yeah, I can find the humor in pretty much anything. You tell me that story. I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> 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 like that is, fa- freaking. Hilarious, yeah, 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 and beautiful and fantastic. It's horrible, yeah, and hilarious. Okay, well, thank you. So, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks again, friends, for joining us for acting up with Allie Goodman. This podcast is only effective because you listen and you share these episodes and we continue these conversations. So please make sure you find me on the social medias, on Instagram and on Facebook at Allie Real to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I, Real to Real, R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. And just tell me the things that you want to hear more about. The cool thing about Tanya and this particular episode is that it is a double episode, and so you'll get to hear the conclusion of it next week. I cannot stress highly enough that if you want to learn about how you can be a better accomplice in this fight, then listen to Tanya's take and join her newsletter. And you can find Tanya's take on Instagram and on Facebook under Tanya's Take. And you can listen to her podcast through Apple Podcasts and on Podbean. So go to either one, any of those, and you can download it. And as always, I always encourage you to rate and review my podcast, but you can also rate and review Tanya's. And she's also super open to comments and anything that you want to say, or if you have questions or anything that you want to comment about. Uh, I cannot express how important the work that she is doing in our world right now is and I'm so grateful to have her as a friend and to have her around and to have been able to bring her to you and her generosity for doing so so thanks again for listening friends and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode remember to take it one day at a time one minute at a time sometimes one second at a time and hang in there we are all in this together 